Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to mention that due to the current global pandemic, we are conducting some of our discussions with guests on online mediums and therefore there might be some inconsistencies in audio quality in the conversations. Thank you so much for your understanding. Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the Mental Health Podcast. My name is Rachel. Um, This is uh, part two of my conversation with Megan O'Neill. Megan is a sexual health educator with Sexual Health West, based in the west of Ireland. If you haven't heard the first part, uh, just, just click one track back. Um, It's called Shedding the Shame, part one. Um, They were just a little bit too long and I decided to put them into two shorter podcasts. As I said, I in the first episode, I really enjoyed these conversations and I, I couldn't... Even for me, I couldn't cut out some of the the, the chats we had, uh, so I decided to release two different podcasts. So yeah, if you missed part one of the conversation, just click back to Shitting the Shame part one. Um, and here we go, Shitting the Shame part two. Enjoy. Um, I will use uh, something you just said as a segue um, in the sense that you just referenced uh, Scotland and that they have... Uh, you know, announce their free um, period products and around period poverty. Um, that is another thing that people are shamed for, for a natural body function of bleeding out of your vagina. I will say vagina, vulva. What other terms we want to use? I know there's more terms. Throw them all out there. Get them out. I love it. Menstruation, <laughs> you know, um, pads, tampons. There you go. Yeah. Just for anyone who was uneasy about the possibility of us using these terms. They're all out there now. Well, absolutely, there's more so that we'll probably have, but we've broken the ice now. So we have, we have. The ice is completely broken. We're submerged. We're in the water. It's happening. It's a bit, it's a bit frosty, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, periods. Why, as a society, do we have so much shame around the fact that people bleed? I mean, Rachel, that is such a good question. Um, And it's one of those questions that is something that I've been asking myself an awful lot. Uh, As someone who reads period books for fun, um, Mm -hmm. this is genuinely an area that I am so interested in because I'm fascinated at now in 2020 that there is still fear about even saying the word period or even like you said you know just even given that little moment for people to say this is what we're going to be talking about because it's something that there's been kind of you know again come back to shame but there's almost a little bit of fear you know for if people don't have a period sometimes and for people sometimes who do you know that they're these conversations that aren't being had um and I, you know, think about situations where, you know, if you're inside and work um, and, you know, you need to go to the bathroom, you have your period and, you know, maybe you want to pick up a tampon or a panty liner before you go to the bathroom and hiding it up your sleeve, you know, things like that. that And then in the bathroom and, (coughs) or waiting for the hand dryer to go so you can quickly open the packet and stuff like that so no one else can hear it. I was so funny. I was, prior to this, I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, what we were saying was chatting about periods and, you know, I was saying, oh, this is, um, chatting. We were talking about, you were telling me that story about, oh, and she was going, oh, she's like, Megan, I used to be nearly hocking up a lung, trying to cough as loudly mm-hmm. as possible so people wouldn't hear. And it's just bizarre to me that, you know, 
another thing even you know even if we think about period adverts you know and the, what we're seeing on them oh yeah is... th- that's the best time of your life you're oh, not lying in my... bed with debilitating cramps unable to move absolutely and as well my biggest pet peeve why are they all wearing white pants literally all goes the same thing why are they all wearing white? why are they always wearing white pants i was I mean... all like i don't own white pants because <laughs> even though when i'm not on my period i'm still f- afraid you know, I'm still afraid something's going to happen. My body's going to betray me. Why is everyone wearing white pants? Like, seriously, yeah. I mean, asking any person who's had a period is the number one thing you have on day one that you want to get out your white bennet and trousers and throw them in. I mean, it's one of those things that fascinates me. And as well, the fact that even now that you still can only see the blue liquid rather than oh, yeah. red liquid, which I think is so bizarre because, you know, if we think about you know, images that we'd see online, you know, or if we think of it, you know, the most famous program that was there for a while, Game of Thrones, one of the most bloody gory programs, you know, people having heads chopped off, you know, there was so many scenes of sexual assault and rape. Um, But people, you know, recently in our culture as well, for, you know, your lovely international listeners, that we had a tampon advert um, that a woman said in it was it was kind of set up as if it was a talk show and they were talking about tampons and she said get it on up there girls and for putting the tampon in which is where it has to go uh, there's nowhere else you can put it you're not going to be putting it you know in your handbag in your um <laughs> up the nose uh, in your mouth like what bizarre and there was uproar over this and there was huge controversy and there was now the only thing that i think was a positive out of that um uproar was that at least there was kind of an international conversation kind of going, mm-hmm. you know people were saying that it was you know dirty and they use the words like pornographic were some of the complaints that were published afterwards that uh people in ireland had with this particular advert um and it, it to think of something that is so bizarre to me as pornographic it's going mm-hmm. well this is just a a bodily function no more than just going to the bathroom you know these are things that it's a function that has to happen. And, you know, half of the world's population goes through this. So why are we still trying to make, again, shame, it, it's all coming back, to make people feel bad about that? Mm-hmm. And I I was thinking about, I was thinking about this today before I was coming on chatting to you and I was kind of going, you know, where do we go to a point where we have so much shame around this? We do, there's no denying that. But how do we change our narrative how do we change our conversation and I think the big thing has to start with conversations and it has to start with talking to your lovely young people as young as possible um Mm -hmm. having conversations around and not being afraid to say it I mean I I don't know if this has been you but this has definitely been me where I've been in situations you know where it might be people I don't really know and instead of saying I have my period I feel unwell I'd be like oh I have an upset tummy or Mm-hmm. any excuse that is a long list rather than say what's actually wrong that I could be in pain I might be able to sleep overs but we'll still cover it because I you know it, it isn't and I'm you know I'm a sex educator and it's a thing that even I kind of only in the last few years I've really tried to engage myself with and kind of go why am I so afraid to say that out loud you know it's mm-hmm. it's it is and you know I think it's shame is something that we all feel you know even someone who talks about this for a living that it's trying to engage with yourself like you were saying earlier Mm -hmm. which is such a good point that you know why why do I why can't I say that you know Mm -hmm. who am I upsetting yeah exactly and it's interesting (laughs) as well because I refer to my period as Tom um so again probably given a persona but it's I I refer to as time of the month uh so Mm -hmm. Tom 
and I'm like, oh, Tom's back. And people are like, who's Tom? And then I like I remember when I started, like I started calling it Tom when I was probably 14. So it, it's been a while. Um, but I started calling it Tom because I was like, it's easier for me to refer to it in public um, with less shame. That was definitely why I did it. Now I'm just doing it because it's out of habit. I'm like, oh, geez. Now I'm not necessarily <laughs> caring that much. Um, and then like, I will reference Tom, but then I'm like, would I now actually just reference it as time of the month? Maybe it's just because I'm lazy. And I was like, oh, Tom, <laughs> it's easier to say. Um, but definitely the, the reason I started referring to my period as Tom was out of shame and out of an ease to slip it into conversation with um, like, say, friends who I was close with. And I'm like, if they're like, what's wrong with you today? I'm like, oh, you know, Tom's around. Um, or I was talking to Tom and they'd know what it is because I didn't have a friend called Tom. Um, but then other people wouldn't know. And then I'm like, so why am I still being secretive instead of saying I bleed well now I will say sometimes like oh, I'm bleeding on my vagina okay leave me alone that's when I'm just like give me Absolutely. give me five minutes okay just leave yeah. me alone um but definitely uh, I do refer to it as uh, Tom but there's a there's an incredible book by um an author called Emma Barrett it's called period and the front cover is basically all the slang that people the list I mean, I advise anybody to get this book. Um, even if you don't get a period, get this book because it is a revelation what you will learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of names, uh, period, uh, I think I think it's a dot at the end, period by Emma Barrett. Um, but it's incredible because the amount of names, in, uh, I'm from Limerick and, you know, there was the rag, there was the blob, uh, there was clotten, which was a, a little bit more term. Mm. graphic there, but now to be honest. <laughs> I was laughing at your Tom one as well because my friend used to call hers her Uncle Tom Berry. Uh, just went full, like, oh, it was like a person coming to town. Or mm-hmm. your things, your friend. Oh, my friend is visiting. Mm-hmm. You know, just all Mother these nature. codes. Mother nature and all these codes that we're using to to say one word. It. Period. Like <laughs> exactly, and it's it's so bizarre because you know this is something that, like I said, half of the world's population we'll probably get a period so you know the fact that we are still so afraid I remember and it's something that happens so regularly like if you have a regular cycle you get it once a month some people get it more regular than that some people might get it every two three months whatever but it's not something that oh once it's happened you're gone no 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 this is something that for people that have periods can happen anywhere from say I don't know we'll say 15 to 45 years okay (laughs) exactly it's a huge portion of your life that this is going to happen and you know people can get periods you know starting very early you know some people can get a friend of mine her period started when she was nine um and it can start so early in people and that if we could even just have a conversation i I was reading recently there was a, a company who started introducing uh menstruation days that basically women didn't have to feel that women or people who get periods didn't have to feel that they would have to lie or to say that they weren't you know you could just take you had a certain amount allocated a year and you could mm-hmm. take this um and just another way to support each other because you know I, I've I've had friends uh, myself I, I you know mine can vary from the degrees of it but you know who have debilitating pain with it do you know what I mean and it can really affect your day it can affect your sleep mm-hmm. um period diarrhea which is uh, something that 
I think as, you know, to be absolute, when I was younger, I wanted to tell everyone that this was a thing. I'm going, mm-hmm. okay, think about it. You're having your period, which is uncomfortable enough. And then you get diarrhea on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's something that happens. And I, then you're cramping like a motherfucker as well. It's like, then you're cramping then, as well. Absolutely. I, absolutely. You are cramping. You know, there is, it's not pleasant at the best times. Um, so to all those lovely listeners out there, if you know somebody who has a period, just maybe be a little bit sound, you know. If, and don't be sarcastic when you're like, do you need a chocolate bar? Maybe I do need a yeah. chocolate bar, but there's no need to be so sassy about it. <laughs> Not for the sass. Just bring the bar and leave it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I think, you know, I, I was reading a report, you know, they were talking about uh, period poverty in um, the doll. And it was even just kind of seeing the breakdown of numbers. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, we have women in this country, you know, that who still experience period poverty, you know, there was a, a survey done by Planned International and mm-hmm. it was 50% of Irish teenage girls, so about 12 to 19, um, they continuously struggle to afford sanitary products. And over your lifetime, which this is just bizarre, you'd spend about eight, was it, eight and a half grand on period products. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of think about it, it's like, Jesus, wow. And if you didn't, you know, I know... You could say, okay, if you break it down, it's not as much. But the thing is that, you know, I know they've reduced the VAT on a lot of period products, but still, we still have 30% VAT on menstrual cups and on condoms. And, you know, like we were chatting about earlier that, you know, Scotland introduced free sanitary products for anyone who needs them. But I think just from my experience, and especially in schools and what we're talking about, if they were in schools, it would take so much Mm -hmm. fear away for young women if they have this you know or people who get periods that you're in school oh my god this after happening and what if you don't feel comfortable asking someone you know and then making makeshift ones you know people using different products to try and stop it the fear of the leaking i mean literally still you know not everybody in tampax you know with the white linen trousers but mm-hmm. you know in real life i don't think we're all going for that look on day one of your cycle no or even uh, in schools, they have like the machine. So you still need to have money. So if you have no money, you still have to kind of ask people around. Now, I know I have been and I will actually say uh, it is it's Kirby's um, Kirby's and Buskers in Galway City. Um, I was in there before and uh, we were in having a family dinner and I went up to the bathroom and I was taken aback by they had like this basket in the bathroom. And it was just a basket with it had like little bits of deodorant. It had uh, pads. It had tampons. It had um I think it had some plasters in it as well and I was just like this this basket probably cost them five ten euro to make and I was like but like I needed nothing in the basket but I was so appreciative of the fact that if anyone needed this little basket worth of stuff that they could come in and take something there um so can I uh, ask you did it make I actually did it didn't it make you want to go back there yeah absolutely because I was in uh, every time I'm in the now and people are looking for bathroom I was like oh there's another one upstairs it's, it's a lovely bathroom because it actually was so clean and everything but the little basket is what I and this was probably five six years ago and I still remember <laughs> that basket so I hope they still ha- have the basket if they don't I'm coming for you Kirby's <laughs> <laughs> we'll be bringing buskers after this but I think for me and I love that you said that because I was actually thinking about this this morning as well that I was in Dobro's and they had they have a fabulous bathroom anyway but they had a beautiful basket like that and buskers all different period products um little deodorants hand sanitizers and then they had a, a picture of rod stewart i mean because why not um and it was <laughs> they had a little message kind of you know this basket is here you know for any person who needs it but you know make sure you only take what you need because you have to think about the next person coming rod is watching you i'm paraphrasing but it was something like that 
And I kind of went, do you know what? That actually made me want to go back there. I was kind of going, you're thinking about your customers. You're thinking, oh, what if someone, you know, think about it. You're on a date, something's happening. You're looking at this fabulous person across from you and you're going, oh, damn it, something's after happening here. You know, it can, it can occur out of nowhere. People listening, sometimes they're supposed to come on a certain day. Sometimes they don't want to do that. Sometimes they want to arrive while you're about to go for a swim. They want mm-hmm. to arrive when you're just about to sit down to dinner. But it's it makes such a difference that when you feel that, well, for me, especially that, you know, I'm going, that establishment is thinking about their clients. No, they're thinking... Absolutely. And, it, you know, we're getting all the shout outs here you know, for yeah. local Galway businesses. So, uh, anyone so if anyone local, else knows, anyone else yeah. knows a local place, let us know, tweet at us. <laughs> I'll try and use the Twitter about that. <laughs> Rachel's going to use the Twitter, guys. Yes, I'll uh, figure out how to use the Twitters. Um, but yeah, but it's definitely it. something I was appreciative of. Um, mm. Like, as I said, I didn't need it at the time, but I was just like, holy crap, that is really cool. I am conscious of time, but I also did think of another area of shame, if you will indulge me to have one oh, more please. conversation. Absolutely. <sighs> And it is the shame. This might be a long-winded one, so don't worry. We don't have to probably get into it. Is the shame around contraception and the expectation for? Uh, I mean, not the expectation. The discussion around contraception. So it's just like people with a penis sometimes don't like wearing condoms because it doesn't feel as good or whatever bullshit reason people are going to give you. Um, but then there's always an expectation that women or people who could get pregnant are on the pill mm-hmm. or have the implant or whatever it is um and i suppose it's even shame about going to your doctor to get prescribed the pill for i i said this before i, I was on the pill when i was a teenager i was on the pill to regulate my period but even the shame about my doctor was brilliant about it but i had to go to a different doctor then and the shame i experienced from that doctor being like well why are you on the pill at 16 i'm like because my other doctor put me on the pill to regulate my period like if you'd read, read my chart, file yeah. if, if you'd read my file it tells you why, why i'm on the pill okay <laughs> um, do but, your research come prepared to this but even meeting. at that you know contraception there is shame put on people around even even the shame that people feel that like going in and like having to go into a, a pharmacy and buy condoms or I'd say the amount of people that go in and use the self-checkout now in supermarkets, I'd say they're the favorite things because they don't have to, oh, no one's going to see me buying these. Even actually, do you know what? Even people going in and buying uh, tampons and pads and stuff like that. I'd say a lot of people go through the self-checkout so they won't have to talk to people at tills. Yeah, I. you make such a good point because it's something that is spoken about an awful lot, especially when we do the program with young people. Um I remember really vividly, I uh, was talking to a lovely group of, um, it was an all boys school, and I was talking to a lovely group of young men and he, someone, had t- this young person had taken the initiative to go and to buy condoms and they were turned away from being able to purchase them in a shop. And, you know, I think there is no legal age to buy condoms in Ireland. No. And I think that the issue being that, you know, Again, it comes back to shame, Rachel. It just all comes back to that the fear to go in and buy this, you know, for I fear of being judged. I'm from Limerick and there was a chemist in Limerick, uh, an ex-partner of my brother's work there, and they would not sell condoms because the owner did not believe in the use of contraception. So, you know, you're dealing with very archaic views mm-hmm. on something that is so important for all people in how they are acting with their own sexual health and Absolutely. what we when we when we deliver and we're chatting to young people about this what we try and do is kind of like what we're doing you start a conversation with someone mm-hmm. 
ideally, ideally, in an ideal world, no matter what your gender, whoever you're having any type of sexual intimacy with, you're having a conversation with that mm-hmm. person about protection. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we understand that, you know, not everybody's going to be right there ready to have that conversation, but being able to be comfortable about, you know, it's not the expectation of one person. Like you were saying, if, you know, if it was a penis going into vagina sex, mm-hmm. and it's not the responsibility of one or the other. It's not mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, the person with the penis has to have the condom. Why can't, if say if it was, you know, a, a penis and vagina, if it was someone with a vagina, have your own set of condoms, carry condoms. Condoms, we have our own free protection packages, or it's not just assuming that somebody mm-hmm. is taking, you know, the oral contraceptive. Because at the end of the day, what we know, which we harp on about 9,000 times to anyone I talk to is that mm-hmm. the pill does not protect against STIs. So yeah, and, bringing... like, and we just make the point as well about contraception that, yeah, um, there's a lot more reasons for using a condom um, because as you Absolutely. said, they, the pill doesn't protect from STIs. Absolutely. And it's thinking, you know, that I think that we have such kind of entrenched views around shame in, in Ireland especially and I, I find especially in this area that these are things and patterns that people really have to unlearn and it's really difficult because you have to challenge yourself mm-hmm. and you know kind of like what we we're saying taking that moment to kind of go well why am I afraid to go in and buy a pack of condoms I'm doing the right thing I'm yeah, exactly. protecting myself and protecting the other person as well and it's you know, if you want to go into a shop and buy a dental dam, or if you want to buy a condom, if you want to have chat your chemist about prescriptions, you know, that is such a responsible, fantastic thing that you're doing. And Mm -hmm. anybody who's listening, if there's, you know, younger listeners, that there is options there. And there is, you know, that is a fantastic thing. And it's a great thing to have your own bodily anonymity that you're going, okay, well, this is what I, this is the plan that works for me. Like you were saying earlier, some people are put on the hormonal contraceptive to regulate periods because, some people can have really difficult periods. You know, it's it's open in this conversation that we're all a little bit more educated on mm-hmm. what the use of it is. And especially then, you know, and if you're somebody who's a little bit older and if you own, and I hope everybody, people of all ages are listening to this, that mm-hmm. if you, you know, have your own prejudgments about people buying condoms, maybe try and check them because I think it takes an awful lot of courage, especially if you're a young person to go in and to buy a pack of condoms mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, I think it's, we need to be moving away from shaming people. I think mm-hmm. it's just coming to a point of going, these are other people's choices and they don't affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I there's a fantastic meme um, and it's one of the things I look at all the time. It's of one really, really sad stick person and the other one is really, really happy. And one's like, nobody gives a shit. The other one's like, nobody gives a shit because I think that's the way we all should be is on the right-hand side that, you know, nobody cares, mm-hmm. you know, that well, people act like they care, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really affect your life. And we should all have that, hopefully try to listen to that good inner voice that Mm -hmm. this is my choice, this is my body. And I mean, to think of that in our lifetime, you know, we had bans on condoms and on contraception. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only this is a smuggled them into the country, like. Smuggling them in. I'll give you a fabulous fun fact that Mm -hmm. up until 2005, Rachel, uh, RTE only then lifted the ban on condom adverts. 2005. 2005. I mean, Ireland's history has been journeyed. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, but if to look at the changes that have come and the laws that we used to have in place in mm-hmm. this country and how far we've come, 
you know, I know there still is a lot to go, but mm-hmm. I always, you know, would you need to acknowledge how far we've come? Oh, girl, absolutely. Just, just can you imagine, you know, 20 years ago, me and you having this conversation? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just, I mean, I, I'd have to be quoting be like, now every second. <laughs> but even the idea um so both you and I work and have a background working with youth um regardless of your age you still need to be conscious of uh contraception so even if you are say for example if you're having penis and vagina sex or whatever and you mm-hmm. are uh menopausal uh so you can't get pregnant um you still need to be conscious because STIs are still a thing so regardless mm-hmm. of your age please be conscious of using contraception for whatever reason you're using it for and be sure to have those conversations with your partner regardless of what age you are communication and I'm, I'm a big advocate for consent as well so communication and informed consent is key. Mm-hmm. informed consent is the only type of consent absolutely and I mean it's uh we have a thing at the start of the program and it's like uh consent communication uh, contraception no protection and pleasure so the four c c p p it's not very snappy i know nyg are all about the snappy we we didn't get a snappy one in that but it's the four key elements of any if you think of those any interaction that you have with someone you know why do people engage in sexual intimacy because it feels good and i think that that's you know stepping over you know the shame shit pile uh, excuse my language that you know we need to get to the point where we're doing these things because it feels good you know and it should be a situation where people get to enjoy sex and not feel bad for having sex or you know sex is an umbrella term for all different types of intimacy it's not just penis and vagina sex you know there's oral sex there's anal sex there's so much different there's just being intimate there's kissing there's Mm -hmm. cuddling you know we don't have to have such a a structured view that it's one thing you know that's full sex which is a term I've heard way too many times mm-hmm. or that's only kind of sex or half you know, just ridiculous yeah, or even the, the concept of base is oh we went to third base fight. oh god abs- that is just I mean absolutely sure that even with that baseball uh and uh, there's um what is it if there's grass on the field play ball mm-hmm. uh. I mean it literally just you know repels me even the notion of that but it's just trying to well, there's also a, a notion as well um in football as a keeper but you could still score and about the whole notion of even if someone's in a relationship you should still try it and i'm like i mean who who are yep, <laughs> yep. I'm like, who's sitting down writing these terrible <laughs> terrible phrases that get caught on and we have fabulous ones that don't catch on but yeah those crappy ones end up sticking mm-hmm. um but it, but it just comes back to you know we as a society, my hope for the future would be that, you know, getting to a point where we can have these conversations, you know what I mean? I think what your work doing is incredible because this is what it's doing is opening a dialogue and it's getting people to think, oh God, I never thought about, you know, my mom having a period or I never mm-hmm. thought about, you know, just trying to, you know, or I never thought about that. I might have an inner voice that could be trying to be mean to someone, but that makes me feel bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, just challenging those ideas and that, you know, and normalize and having conversations with people about whatever it is exactly it, it mean uh, you know even a thing we always say to young people especially is that you know if you're want to be intimate with someone you would at least have to be able to have that conversation and if you can't have that conversation with someone maybe you shouldn't be intimate with them because mm-hmm. if you cannot open a conversation with someone you know you're going to be rubbing your genitals against each other but you can't chat do you know mm-hmm. you need to be able to 
have conversations you know mm-hmm. people of all ages that's you know even if it's just kissing someone you know can I kiss you you know mm-hmm. just opening that conversation I have to laugh about uh, what you said not, not that I'm laughing at it um but if you're rubbing <laughs> genitals you have to have the conversation um TLC is a program that my uh, my mother likes to watch or not a program a, a, a channel uh, she likes to watch oh, like, yes. the the dress and stuff like that but they have this thing of um uh, 16 and pregnant or it's not the MTV one it's oh, like yes, pregnant. I remember that and I saw a snippet of one of them and it was the two of them having a chat and basically what your man said was they'd had sex before they'd made out and it, well the way he actually rephrased phrased it was he was like oh I wanted to get my noodle wet and he's like I got my noodle wet before I got a kiss and I was just like one you can't even say penis right you're referring to your penis as a noodle two you had sex before you could actually kiss and make out. And I'm like, and I just, there, there's things like this. And I'm like, what, what sort of message is that portraying to people? If you're putting that out there, that's, it's not the MTV one, 16 and pregnant. It's off oh, underage or oh, expecting. And I mean, whatever, whatever, ne- whatever channel or sorry, whatever, whatever one it was. It is. Yeah. The, the message that that is, that's mm-hmm. exactly such a good point. The message that that's sending you know, I think, I mean, there's so much wrong. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I 100% know there is. Like, um, literally, I mean, you, your listeners can't hear my audible gasp that was going for, actually, inaudible gasp because my mouth was just open while Rachel was telling that story. Um, but it is bananas to me that, you know, people can talk about sex and intimacy in such a, an aggressive way as well, mm-hmm. you know, that it kind of takes all the fun out of it and you know if you're a consenting adult and you want to engage in sex it should be enjoyable and it should be something that is enjoyable for people you know if it doesn't feel good and it's just you know just to get your noodle wet I mean I know know. a noodle is just the weirdest thing that I I would ever put with a penis um but yeah it is just bizarre I think that Mm -hmm. how people Oh, the way people talk about sex and intimacy is just unbelievable really mm-hmm. it really that doesn't even surprise me but it does but it doesn't yeah but like you said if you're if you think you're old enough and mature enough to be having sex you should be old enough and mature enough to have a conversation about sex and I don't think that when I say old enough and mature enough I say them probably mature enough probably needs to go above because you could still be like 25 and still immature as anything and not be able mm-hmm. to have this conversation if you're not able to have that conversation you should not be having sex regardless of what age you are you need to communicate oh absolutely and I mean you know just because you know a lot of work that we do is with you know kind of we do work with you know kids in schools and we talk about you know sexual competency and you know it's basically just you know it's not like a sex tips class it's about mm-hmm. you know kind of letting young people understand you know what is your body how does it work how does it function and we do work with older uh, schools as well so when I'm talking about that I'm talking with people you know, of the age of sexual consent which in Ireland is 17 mm-hmm. um, but it's just getting that message that people are interested in sex do you know what I mean that I think as a society we're so still a little bit afraid to have those conversations that people will get interested in it you know mm-hmm. people will want to talk about this and that you know when it comes to things like you know around shame and period poverty and about uh, pubic hair and our own bodies and the way we feel about it it's just it becomes something that if we can shed a little bit of the shame it might mm-hmm. be better for the next generations to be able to have these conversations to be able to talk to them about it um, I remember one of my colleagues was telling me about this fantastic survey that they did 
in the Netherlands and it asked young people um, what's the number one reason for having sex and it was said because of love and you know I was kind of just like Jesus that's you know what you'd want to instill in anybody who was having sex for the first time is mm-hmm. that you know it's because you're in love or you want to do this thing you know not because not you feel expected. you have to exactly that it's expected or that you know I think that it's not a shameful experience mm-hmm. for people you know it should be something that people can enjoy you know if you are a consenting adult you know why not you know but like you say maturity comes at a you know we can still have very immature 25 year olds or people who talk about their noodles yep. um, <laughs> yeah absolutely and like you said I think it's as a society we do need to focus on shedding the shame shedding the shame about periods shedding the shame about body hair shedding the shame about relationships sex even shedding the shame around mental health we need to shed the shame let it go channel your inner elsa and let it go (laughs) megan thank you i I literally could talk to you for hours (laughs) and keep going and keep going but thank you so much for uh, a very enjoyable conversation on my perspective even if one person doesn't doesn't enjoy it i enjoyed it i very much enjoyed this conversation (laughs) me too i had so much fun thank you so much for having me on it you're doing such amazing amazing work and having these conversations and giving people the platform to discuss things and how we mind ourselves and protect ourselves Uh, you're doing such good work oh thank you so much um if anyone is interested in the work of sexual health west where can they find your work Absolutely. So we have our Be Wiser website. So that's bewiser.ie. If uh, any of your younger listeners have questions, is that B or B E Wiser? Sorry, B E Wiser. B E Wiser.ie. And then sexualhealthwest.ie is our website. Or you can follow us on Instagram or the Twitters. Uh, and what's the other is that one? at Sexual Health West? <laughs> at Sexual Health West, yes. Um, but Jess, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode of Addressing the Elephant and Mental Health podcast. If you would like to get involved or join in any conversation, uh, reach out to us on any one of our social media. We are at thegreenelephant.ie on Instagram and Facebook and Green Elephant MH on Twitter. Um, I, I think in the podcast you would have heard Megan and I joking about uh, Twitter a lot. Um, neither of us really know how to use the Twitters, but uh, <laughs> I promise I'll try. Um, I'm really excited that the next episodes that are going to be coming out are a continuation with Sexual Health West and I will be talking to Lorraine O'Connell, another sexual health educator. Um, So please join us next time for that and have a wonderful week. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.